If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. Welcome back to RCR Greenwash listeners uh, with Jasper and Don. I hope you enjoyed that little uh, skit from Sam Kokovic and the Aussie um, Meat Day of 2005. It sort of brings into uh, interview the Ag Proud and others uh, release of the National Lamb Day last week at the Southern Field Days and around Parliament, actually. And in that vein, we have Bryce McKenzie, who was at the Southern Field Days. Bryce is the uh, one of the prime movers, in fact, the prime mover, the face of Groundswell uh, with Laurie. Uh, he was at the Field Days for three days, and we welcome him back to RCR Greenwashed for his second show. And the question to ask first up, Bryce, is how did it go at the Field Days? What was the sentiment life? Did you eat a few lamb chops? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Don and Jasper and listeners. Um, Yes, I did eat some lamb chops. Uh, I had several uh, meals of mutton and, and uh, particularly lamb chops at the field days, and they were very, very nice. Mm. Highly recommend them, Don. Highly recommend them. So, look, you, you had three days there, and it's a, it's a massive event for the South. There's huge uh, effort goes into coordinating, not only by the management committee that you know, you, you'll know the people that involved, but the the people that show there, where's there? Um, it's a massive cost, let alone a massive effort to get to get things there. Was it well patronised? Were there tens of thousands of people over the three days? Yes, it was, Don. Of course, it rained on Thursday, so I guess that got the cropping guys along for a look. But I think having a look would be the operative uh, word. I think it was a socks and jocks type of field day. People bought small ticket items because that's all they could afford. Um, interesting talking to the people that come to our stand, and there was a, we were steady the whole time. Um, some of them are, are very upset with the uh, what's happening happening presently. They um, uh, they want to stir up action and. Um, mm. There was a lot of comments on that. Also, others that there's definitely two um, vast views out there. One lot want action, another lot want to give this government time. So, um, time is going to tell, and the 100 day clock is ticking. And it'll be interesting to see what they come out with at the end of the 100 days. I can go into that in some more detail if you'd like, because we did meet with, uh, we had a, a short meeting with the Prime Minister, mm -hmm. and we had an extensively long meeting with uh, the Minister of Agriculture and the Minister for the Environment. So uh, they were very, very fruitful meetings. We met, combined with Federated Farmers and met uh, met them for, uh, there was two other MPs there, Joseph Mooney and Miles Anderson. So it was a very, very uh, good meeting. Yes, yeah, so, so just on that, um... The Prime Minister gave you the feeling that, uh, and yeah, I'm going to put you on the matter wee bit here, did he give you the feeling that he really has a good grasp of all the issues facing not only regional New Zealand, but New Zealand in general? You know, we've we've definitely had some, mm, what, what, some interesting times, I'd be polite in saying, <laughs> in the last six years, and 
And even a few years before that, things just weren't going right for farming. There was this overreach that you guys fight, this overregulation. Um, did it get you a feeling that um, enough of emphasis was going on reeling back or winding back some of that overreach? Yes, he did. And we only spent a very short time with him, but we were invited to his press conference. And that was very telling because uh, he got his Q&A. Uh, he should have been fronting up there to answer questions put in government. Mm -hmm. He said that he considered that the uh, New Zealand agriculture had been overlooked for far too long by successive governments. Uh, and he said this is, goes back a number of years. And he felt he was in the best place for New Zealand being at the field days. So something like that is pretty good when it's coming from a prime minister. We haven't heard talk like that for a long, long time. He said he knew what New Zealand was built on and farmers needed to be um, cherished for what they do. I don't know cherished was the actual word he used, but it was something similar to that. <laughs> revered. I'd like to think the word was revered, actually, right, Bryce? But... But interestingly, when you think of what's going on... And, uh, I was think, just trying to think what the word was he used, but a yeah, very telling comment from... Uh, he was asked whether... Well, he should have been in leaks in Parliament, and was he concerned about them? Mm. Um, and he said that um, he was uh, more concerned about the uh, water leaks than he was the political leaks. Oh, a bit of wit always goes well in this one. We're frozen. Uh, it's interesting. And gentlemen, in the same vein, this last weekend, I was at uh, the celebrations of the new farming history display at the Thornbury Rural Heritage Centre. And again, there was this big sense of how much agriculture is, you know, is what this this province and you know much of New Zealand is built upon so it's great to see some recognition of that coming from the new Prime Minister Bryce. Yeah it was really good to hear Jasper it's uh we haven't heard something like this for a long time so it was music to the ears of course um immediately after uh, I got interviewed by stuff and they said well what's your thoughts and I said well it's hard not to be skeptical because we've heard well, I suppose yeah. we haven't heard much from the other government that we had, the Labor government, but I said, you know, there's so much happen and so many regulations come in, it's hard to imagine that they're really going to attack them. But in meeting with the ministers after talking to the Prime Minister, they certainly have, uh, were, and I wouldn't say they have a plan yet, they're working on a plan, they're methodically working through Um we asked them why they couldn't just tell councils to stop with all the the new uh, freshwater plans and uh, yep. and and just say stop. And they said, well, legally they can't do that because it's in law. So they've got to wind back those laws before they can tell them. So what they've said is they they should put a hold on them because they're going to be changed quite dramatically. So that explained to us why they hadn't just said stop doing anything. So hopefully um, they're going to get the, the laws changed um, mm -hmm. and they're going, just listening to Christopher Luxon, this is going back a little, just listening to him, 
he he was adamant that New Zealand has been stifled by all sorts of regulations. And, of course, the Resource Management Act, there's a lot comes from that, Tamana ATY. So there's a lot of places where these regulations are coming from, and they're stifling all businesses, not just farming. Nobody yeah. can get on and do anything. So he's very conscious of that and wants that corrected. Well, um, if it's any solace to you, uh, Bryce, uh RCR Greenwashed is going to have a show or segment called the um, Greenwashed Grifters of the Week. And um, we could have grifters of the century, uh, this this century I'm talking about, in terms of the people that have been damaging New Zealand's uh, real producers. There's been a plethora of them, and it's over successive governments, in my opinion, that have been you know, nibbling away at our, at our effort uh, constantly to the point where we got to in the uh, 2023 it just there's just yeah. nothing left nothing left in the tank is there there's nothing no, left. no there in the is tank. not and so we'll go back to the field days for a moment um i have watched you on your groundswell um facebook page and you clearly had quite a salutary warning for the regional centers let alone um the major centers about <clears throat> the lack of spending that's likely to be going you know it is happening now and yeah. may get worse may get worse What's your feeling? Could you express that again, please? Yes, Don. And, talk, uh, and we talked to a number of people that had stands there. And, of course, for us, we were interested in the what was happening with big ticket items, your, your tractors, uh, um, farm machinery, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, of course, after COVID, these companies who had been short of stock have, have outlaid a lot of money to bring stock in so that they could have uh, stock in front of farmers for renewal because they couldn't get it during COVID. And that's backfired on them, really, because they're sitting with all the stock and, uh, and nobody nobody really wants it. And it was not good to talk to one very, very big machinery dealer. I won't mention the names because I think that would be unfair. But um, he said that they were going into survival mode. And, I mean, we all know what happens when you go into survival mode. That means that you stop spending too. So, unfortunately, um, that means that, I guess, staff then are looked at pretty hardly. Are they worth keeping on? So, this is going to have a snowball effect, without a doubt. I I remember uh, way back, and I probably got my figures wrong, but a, a dollar produced inside the farm gate for the regional economy of Southland generated, I think, four or five outside the farm gate. Mm. Uh, mm. And so that's that's what we're talking about here, listeners. This is big. Uh, if the checkbook goes away, it's just uh, it's it's it creates downstream effect that's quite quite severe. So. Yeah, that sentiment's there. Um, what what else did you find at the field days? Just speaking to people uh, in general, the mood is is pretty sober, I gather. Look, sheep and beef farmers, without a doubt, are really struggling. And, and I mean, dairy farmers, it's not going to be that buoyant, but I guess it's an opportunity for them to break even or make a small profit if they watch their spending. But there's not much chance of that happening for sheep and beef farmers unless they're in a very, very good position financially. So for them, um, they were um, uh, not buoyed at all. They were very down in the dumps, most of them. I think they really enjoyed the day out 
um, because it got them off the farm and got them talking to other people mm. in the same position as them. So for that reason, it was good. But the but thing that really struck us, I suppose, Don, is um, uh, it would be hard to put in a figure on it, but how many hundreds of millions of dollars worth of stuff there was at that show. And there would be hundreds of millions of dollars worth. Mm. Now, they, they need to get a return on it. And yeah. the only place they get the return is from the farming sector because they, they're the ones that buy it. Oh, of course, it's still farming sector, but contractors, of course, are big uh, ticket item buyers it too. And we talk to some contractors and they're really feeling it because farmers who have their own tractor are doing every last little bit they can before they call on a contractor. So they're feeling the pain as well already. Yeah, no wonder. Bryce, what are you hearing about banks? Are people getting pressure from the from the bankers? Uh, you know, the end of the dairy farming season is looming and credit limits, overdraft renewals, uh, even staff wages, the wage inflation, I, I believe uh, February, the median wage went up to is a $1.3164 an hour. If you have mm. someone on a visa, which many of most of the dairy industry would have. Mm. So, Jasper, at this stage, People aren't really talking about that. They did talk about banks and they talked about them as in these jolly interest rates more than anything else. Uh, none of them seem to be referring to, I can't get money for this and I can't get money for that. And that's probably because that's a very personal thing. And, and until it's reasonably widespread, uh, yep. the farming community don't tend to talk about it. Uh, but when they hear other people saying, oh, you know, I'm struggling paying my staff because the bank won't give me money, once they hear one or two, then they open up. So at this stage, that wasn't happening. Most of them were just talking about how they were going to survive through the season. And, uh, yes, they did talk about bank interest rates and how whenever there's a hint of a uh, official cash rate rise, the banks are in the next day and they've got their rates up. And, uh, I mean, if we could make a fraction of the profits they're making, uh, we would all be happy, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, and I know just how quickly there was a flip in the last few weeks but from uh, a downward trend uh, with Doing the official upward. cash rate. Now, now there's some some in the, in the banking fraternity talking about it going the other way now. Oh, boy, once we hear that talk, the sentiment moves, doesn't it? And it's, uh, if only they could uh, feel what we feel, uh, perhaps, Perhaps they do, but yes. it doesn't doesn't seem like that. Hey, so, you know, we've got a lot uh, going on and you've got a lot going on. Uh, what, what's the plan or program for Groundswell in 2024? I, mean, I, I remember you sort of said you've been a bit quiet uh, on one of your um, outputs on Facebook, Groundswell Facebook page. What is your plans for 2024? What do you see it evolving to? Uh, very much a watchdog position. Uh, we've met with Federated Farmers and Beef and Lamb. We haven't uh, met with Dairy NZ yet. They tend to be a little bit more protective of uh, their situation. <laughs> but uh, I, I've, we've made no secret of the fact that we think there should be one voice for farmers, one rural voice. We don't think there should be, in our case, we're a part of it, four, four voices for advocacy for agriculture. We think there should be one advocate advocator for agriculture. We believe Federated Farmers, even though it's got a lot of things it needs to sort out, it's probably got the best system for working through as long as it start, really starts taking heed of the farmers rather than their boards. Um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, Don, and we're really hopeful that this is going to come to fruition. 
Uh, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work. I think we've got to work through a lot of stuff yet. But um, there's no reason why Beef and Lamb, Dairy NZ and ourselves can't have a say. But that should say should be all sorted before anybody goes to government. We should not be going there and then having a government department trying to sort out which organisation wants what. It should all be decided. It's all. It's very easy to pick them off individually if you're saying different things. And and it's interesting, Bryce. I think I've talked about this before. Go back pre 2011, my time. Um, there was no way we wanted Dairy and Z. We used to growl at them, Dairy and Z and Beef and Lamb. Get out of our space. Um, it's not your space. Your levy payers don't want you to be in this advocacy space. And slowly but surely, they convinced their levy payers that they should be in the advocacy space, and they undermined fed farmers. This is my opinion all the way through. And then, of course, um, we had, I think we got, uh, we had some people that were a bit close to government. That's the problem. So you lose your you lose your emphasis. Yeah, Lob- lobbyists uh, get close to government. Um, but when you're trying to represent a constituency that's wide ranging, um, lobbyists can't uh, represent you all. And it was it's it was a fractured model in the end, wasn't it? With four of you, and, and now we've got Ag oh. Proud, Ag Proud on the fringes as well. That they're doing that, that sort of nice stuff to do, make make people feel good about um, farming, and the society good about farmers. Um, in the end, uh, you've got to be careful that you don't have a split voice. And you know, you look and saying that though, if it wasn't for and say Jasper and Holland, the Farmers Defence Force. Um, the EU was running rough, sh- you know, and the European Commission and European Parliament was running rough shot over all of them. So maybe there does need to be at least and some splinter group. I don't know. I, 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 I think I think the same way, Bryce. There needs to be some splinter group because what we've seen is, and I, you know, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but levy-funded bodies, at, to a vast extent, have sided with the regulator. They've almost become spokespersons for the regulator, you know, rather than pushing the farmer's voice that way, it seems to be top down. And that's where Groundswell holding its own independently for me is is big. Yeah, I, I probably should clarify that, Jasper. We have no intentions of being part of negotiating teams. Uh, that's never been our intention. We would far sooner sit on the outside and hold them to account. If they start uh, being puppets of the government, Mm. We would like to be able to have the freedom to step in and say that's wrong. You can't do that. So uh, when I just said we would like to be a watchdog, we would like to be a watchdog, but not not necessarily in the room. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's um, that's the, the good place to be, and it's probably a good place to wind up this interview. We um, we are very thankful you can come on and give us a quick overview of the farmer sentiment this year at the field days and your uh, sense of the future and. You know, we've we've got the government clear, getting to the 100 days, their first 100 days, and um, I think you've been very respectful and sort of saying, give them time, give them space. There is uh, clearly a new direction, and uh, the proof of their output will be in the pudding very soon. I think, Don, it's pertinent you brought up the 100 days again because we talked to them directly about that, and they knew about our 100-day website, so that's good. Um, and I said to them, well are you going to achieve what you've said in the 100 days? And they said straight out, no, we're not. And I said, well, you need to give us timelines so we can adjust our website. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble and so are we. So they went away saying they are going to give us timelines on certain things. So no, they're not going to achieve it all in 100 days. 
And that was probably because they said they're a bit naive, thinking they could just turn things around straight away. Of course, they're very worried about court action, so they've got to take all the right steps. Excellent, yeah. and I'm glad you could you could you know pin them down to that one. So this was uh, listeners. This was Bryce McKenzie, one of the co-founders of Groundswell, giving us a report on the recently concluded Southern Field Days and the farmer sentiment there. All part to Groundswell this year, Bryce. We'll be watching you, and no doubt we'll be in touch soon. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Okay, thank you both, and keep up the good work. With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom. Simply visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate to make a difference today. Mm -hmm.